Quick warning for drivers, this episode of IOM Recommends contains traffic sounds and the ambient soundscape of a city. Juba likes to keep busy. I'm a DJ, uh, a radio host. I've done a bit of podcasting, a bit of documentary making, but I say my main areas are like DJing and radio. Um, and I actually was born in born in London, was raised in Essex. Oh God, I say that at the start of all of my documentary. So it literally rolls off my tongue in this really robotic way. Like, born in London, raised in Essex, moved to Berlin. Yeah, I bet. yeah. muscle memory. Yeah, literally. That's my story. Um, I came to Berlin like to start 2018. Juba is far from the first DJ to make the sacred hop from the UK to Berlin, but in so doing has established herself not just as an artist, but cultural touchstone in the UK and beyond. Her 2020 documentary Assurance contextualised the obstacles female musicians face against the backdrop of patriarchy in Lagos, Nigeria, and it was as acclaimed as its companion podcast series of the same name. We knew her perspective on Berlin would be considered, and crucially, unique. Without further ado, today, IOM recommends Berlin with Juba. IOM recommends local scenes, global conversations. Berlin is like, oh, I have such a love-hate relationship with this place. I can't tell you. Like, this place drives me insane sometimes, but I do, I'm still here and I still, I enjoy it. Um, Like an example, like today, I don't know if this is going to be boring, but I've, I've been like expecting this delivery for literally like a fucking week. And every single time, like the delivery guy said he's going to deliver it, he doesn't come. Or I'm like, unfortunately, outside the house when he can't. Just annoying little things like that, right? And so the delivery guy turns up today and he like rings my bell and he's like, are you in? I'm like, yes, I'm in. He's like, can you come downstairs and get your package? And I'm like, you come up, you come to me. That's how it works. Like you come and deliver my package. He's like, no, you come downstairs. And I was like, but I'm cooking. And he was like, you know, I'm not going to deliver your, deliver your package. I'm just like... <laughs> so I leave it and then I go outside and I'm like shouting out my window like yo, yo where's, where's my, my package he's like you gotta come downstairs you're pissing me off and I'm like what the f- like what how am I arguing with the delivery guy to get my own fucking package what the hell was going on here and he smiled at me and I was like mate come, come and, and give, give me, me my, my package. package so then he like comes up the stairs and he's just like oh you're pissing me off and I'm like oh my god like and then I just sort of like because here it's like usually I just react like fire with fire and it just never ends well. And <laughs> it almost was like humorous. I was like, this is such a ridiculous situation that I just kind of started laughing. I was like, yo, yo look, look, man, like, like it's, it's nearly Christmas. Christmas. I haven't got, got time, time to argue. argue. And he's like, yeah, me neither. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, you know, where's my package? What are we doing then? Yeah. What are we doing then? And then like eventually I feel like the ice fought or like the sort of like the the explosive energy sort of like just softened a bit and it became almost comical. But it's just like, things like that when I'm like what the fuck is going on why am I why is the postman refusing to give me my shit like if things like this happen and and then like you're you're as you can tell I'm very like hit up but like you know for example bad UK habit we cross at red lights all the time because when there's no cars around in Berlin in Germany like you just don't do that shit like people get really really like angry when you break the rules and sometimes it's like 2 a.m and I'm like crossing the road um, on my bike or, you know, crossing the red light. And like someone shouts at me, I'm just like, yo, what, like, guy, come on. Like, why are you telling me off? Chill. So <laughs> it's That's just mad. Like, yeah, it's just like a very like intense place. Like the energy can be quite like fiery and aggressive. People are very quick to anger. But I think the more I live here and I'm understanding the psyche, the better I am at dealing with it. But I think when I first moved here, it really like 
I was a much angrier person. Mm. Um, and and I think also there's a lot of like race related, gender related issues that I've had here that I have not had in the UK or haven't experienced for like such a long time, even like out in Essex. Right. So it was kind of like, it took me a bit of time to reset and realize, okay, cool. Like the environment I'm in now is not London, it's not Essex. And like there's certain conversations around race and gender that are just a bit further behind. So there's been a few like touch and go moments, definitely. Sure. Um, and I think it's also because Berlin is is marketed as such a like liberal, progressive place. And that's the thing. And I bought into it. And I think when you come here for like a weekend, you feel that. You feel like the club culture, the sort of expression, people here look like they're like either going to a fetish party or like an 80s rave like every other day. But then you live here and you realise, OK, actually, like it is still like a relatively conservative country, I'd say. And also when it comes to things like race relations, for example, especially, um, conversations just so far behind um and certain things happen and you're like wow i would not have expected that from berlin but then you live here and you're like no nah, actually it kind of makes sense how, how do you feel berlin compares to the rest of germany have you done much traveling around yeah so um berlin and Ger- i mean definitely when you leave berlin you realize that berlin is just such as like a an exception to an extent but i mean i can't speak too much because i haven't actually traveled extensively but to be fair actually i probably traveled more in germany than i have in the uk because i think when you live in a country you just stick to where you know but like i went to for example i went to freiburg which is like schwarzwald which is like yeah just sort of countryside area and it was very very christian like berlin is a really um i guess what's that word when it's not christian Sem- not semitic that's definitely secular not Secular, that's the one. Very, one. Berlin feels very secular. And I remember I went to like um, Freiburg and there was like literally every two seconds there was a crucifix and like it feels a lot more small wow. town. And I think, as I say, Germany for me feels a lot more conservative and actually a quite like um, um, a certain level of like, yeah, just a small townness about certain places. So I think Berlin and its progressive nature to me feels like a bit unique compared to actually in other parts of Germany. But then also Berlin is in the east of Germany, which is generally sort of like, I guess, has the sort of DDR history, like the um, sort of communist sort of history, and, and it's slightly poorer. So ironically, even though Berlin is the capital city of Germany, places like Frankfurt and Hamburg are much more are much wealthier and like the biggest airport and like the central the, the center of business is like Frankfurt. Whereas like Berlin is like the capital, which is like it's like London being it's, it, I don't know, it'd be like Bristol being the capital of the UK or something. I don't know. Yeah, got you. And that those those slightly antiquated conversations around race relations and things like that is that something mm-hmm. do, with those in mind? Is Berlin? Would you say that there's a marked difference between the Berlin one visits as a tourist, particularly from the UK on a dance music yeah. pilgrimage, and the Berlin that you live in? Are they different things? Do you think you'd still suggest? Oh, no. So you would you say? And you don't have to just because this is a travel podcast. But would yeah, you sure. still would you still say that that it's as worth visiting as it's made out to be? I definitely think, because ultimately, you know, generic statement, nowhere's perfect, first of all. But I think it's more like if you come to Berlin and you move here, for example, you need to have a more honest view of what Germany is like. For example, I can see how, and having been like a, a, rece- a receptor of that sort of like fun party culture Berlin, I can see how you come here, you just see li- like progressiveness and just freedom. But when you live here, it's very different. And there's just so many different conversations. Like, for example, in the UK, I think... POC groups, so basically like the migrant groups tend to be, there seems to be a slight bit more unity within those communities, a slight bit, because obviously internally in terms inside POC groups, there's still discriminations. Whereas like in Berlin, for example, that you don't feel that. So you feel like 
racism coming from other POC groups as a black person, as well as Germany. So as well as like white Germany or like white migrant population Germany. So it's very complicated, um, the experience. As I'm talking as a black person, a black woman in Berlin, um, so that is very frustrating and very um, eye-opening at times when you see the different dynamics between different groups and how that all plays into Berlin not being this utopia. But as I say, like, no way is actually perfect. And I don't say that as a, in a generic way, but there are so many things to be enjoyed about this place. And I bitch about Berlin every day, but I'm still here and I don't regret moving here. That's the, that's, it's exactly the same for Londoners. I've never met a Londoner that liked it and yet here we are. It's, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five years on or four years on, I'm still here. Exactly. And that, that's it. I'm really grateful to you for giving us that perspective because I'm not oblivious to the fact that the majority, I would say, of people that make that uh, pilgrimage for techno and for house music to Berlin from the UK mm-hmm. are white middle class people. Thanks for not buttering its bread as a city. Not at all. Yeah. No, but I think, my thing I would say is like, for example, Berlin is great if you're like a gay white man, for example, because then you can really experience like progressiveness because of like your the LGBT community, but also you're a white man. So, you know, then if you add different layers and different backgrounds to that, then you kind of experience Berlin differently. So that's how I see it. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for that. But as you say, um, there are a number of reasons that you're still there. Still here. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So why don't we touch on some of them? Well, first of all, actually, it would be helpful to know where in Berlin you are. I'm one of the losers. I live in Vedding, which is up north. And I don't know, it's something about me. Well, it's something about me that I don't like living up north. Like, in London, like, I love being from the east of places. That's what I'm used to in the UK. So living up north, I'm like, oh, I live in, in the north of... Berlin, which is like north of London, you know, so I have that kind of like fit in. But yeah, so Vedding is, um, it's a funny place because I think there's an ongoing joke that Berlin, Vedding, sorry, has been like up and coming for the last decade. So it's spelt wedding as in like wedding in English, but it's pronounced Vedding because like the v- W in German is like V. Um, so yeah, it's, just, it's a north part. It was like an old West Berlin. Um, I wish I'd been in old East Berlin, but here I am. Um, and it's just like, it's kind of got this feel of, it feels a bit normal compared to like Neukölln and Kreuzberg, which are very much like hipstery, very much like the cool Berlin that you come to. It's not as like bougie as like Charlottenburg or like Yummy Mummy as Prince Lauerberg. Um, and it has a bit more, it has more flavor than Mitter, which is like the center. And I think, yeah, what I experience here is like a kind of mix of all. So you have like um, a lot of normal families, a lot of, I mean, it's not like the fanciest, prettiest part but I, I feel like I literally live on like one of the five nice roads in <laughs> in Reading like it actually looks quite pretty um but I think there's a mixture because I think I'm always conscious of like being part of gentrification because I guess like as a British person moving to Berlin which you know we all knew had like really low um house prices or rent prices I'm conscious that like I am coming from the UK and therefore my perspective on like rent is actually is very different to like what people were paying here like 10 years ago so I guess like I'm always conscious of like the part that I play in like gentrification in Berlin and places like Reading. But I definitely think Reading is a sort of place that, at least in my opinion, has a, a mixture of like people like myself who are foreigners, but I guess have an economic like um privilege to an extent. Like I'm not rich, don't get me wrong. But you know, I, I work, you know, I have access to a certain living standard that my parents when they migrated from Nigeria to the UK didn't have for example no I was just going to say but like on top of that as as you mentioned earlier like 
the inaffordability of London was a factor in your moving. So there's that too. Yeah, and as I say, like, I guess me coming away from London, which was expensive, I don't know, I always question how much I am part of the problem in Berlin in terms of rent, because rent is going up. And is it because of people like me who are running away from expensive rent in London? And then we come here and we're like, wow, 500 euros for a flat? That's amazing. And then someone who's lived here for their whole life is like, yeah, well, it was 300 euros like five years ago. And now it's 500. So thanks for that, you know? But I think, yeah, I think Reading is like, to me, has a nice balance of a few kind of things that touch different tastes and different, I don't know, tax brackets and different like types of people. There's a mixture of like, I say tax brackets, there's like literally about two here. There's like, you earn, on, <laughs> you earn under 20K, you earn 25K. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, it's not that rich. But yeah, there's a mixture of people and I think it just feels a bit more real. Got you. Okay, cool. So on that, Reading uh, locally, where do you go to eat? Mm. I've got my fave place. It's called Cosimazu. And it's like a 15 minute walk for me. And I love that like on my street and in my area, there's all these like restaurants that are just really, really nice and really cool. And having, cause once again, Reading has that sort of normal people feel. And I just feel like a nice sort of local place in a way. So <clears throat> it's a restaurant called Cosimazu. It's Taiwanese. And I, I mean, I love Asian, I love East Asian food in particular. But I'm always, I'm more used to like Vietnamese food, Korean food or South Korean food, Japanese food. So Taiwanese food is really interesting. It's kind of like, I guess Taiwan is like near China. So it's kind of like, yeah, like an East Asian cuisine. And the feels really nice and like the people are really nice. And like, you know, you send them a DM like, hey, you open today, you send in this today. And they're like, yeah, come over. Like it has a really nice food Perfect. feel. Around the corner, there's Stranero, which is a pizza place. I really enjoy. Great lighting. Um, it's it's really cool. It's local as well. And then there's a couple of imbuses or like, um, do you know, when I say imbus, do you know what I mean? What I mean? I don't. Got all these, re- I'm, I'm so Berlin now. Like I said, all these, re- <laughs> oh my God. Imbus. imbus, I guess it's kind of like um, a mixture of like a takeaway place or just like a, a place that I guess sells like finger foods or f- it's not like a restaurant, but it sells food. You can maybe sit down outside if there's benches. So there's a place called Sahara Imbus, kind of cliche, but it's like a mixture of, say West, loosely West African um, snacks, but like wraps and like jollof rice, but repurposed in a kind of like snacky way. So that's got really cool. It's like in, down Mullerstrasse, which is like a main street and it's always really busy in the summer as well. So yeah, that's really cool. Um, and then there's this ra- random Thai place down the road, which looks so grimy, but it's so good. Um, Off in the way. Lit the, always the way. On it, There's that beautiful sweet spot where something looks like grimy yeah. and like a grandmum runs it, but it tastes, the food tastes so good. There's a, there's a sweet spot there. I'm often more willing to take a chance on a place like that than my friends are and it gets frustrating. I like, you guys are judging it, man, just because it's not big and shiny. Like, that's where actual food's made. That's where yeah. the food is made. That's like the grandmum's recipe. Exactly, like, all exactly. The shiny stuff, the stuff with the like really neat aesthetics. Nah, not always. You want the, the real shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Thanks for that. And where do you go to drink? See, you know what? I'm not a massive drinker, but there's a place down the road called Basalt. Basalt? Basalt? B-A-S-A-L-T, Basalt, yeah? And it's just like a really cute bar that was like, <laughs> back in the day, it was like my serial first, like, Tinder date location. Because it's, it's nice. around the corner and it's really nice. And I'm like, yeah, let's go there. And I'm pretty sure, like, the people who work there started recognising me as, like, a different guy every, like, week or so really bad <laughs> yeah so that was like that was my go-to place and they had like nice like non-alcoholic cocktails as well which was cute 
So I say Basel um, is the main place. And you know what? Just because Sperti, like Sperti's are these corner shops that you have um, and they just open all night and often they have bench. What I really like is like um, Berlin, you have these like corner shops called Sperti's and they open up all night. And Sperti means, <coughs> Spert means late in German. Sperti is like a little, you know, cute little diminutive way of like saying the, the names. And they have benches and you just sit outside and drink. Um, there's a place that came, okay, and also opposite that opposite me actually, there's this really cool like feminist bar. Um that and it's just really funny because like this there's this feminist bar, and then opposite it is like this really kind of like la- not laddie, but it's like um sort of the shisha bars that are kind of quite they can be quite macho sometimes. They've got like the bright sort of like sure. lights sort of thing. And it's like re- yeah, that kind of like glossy Ibiza feel next to this sort of like very Berlin sort of like anti-far which is like anti-fascist like you know um kind of political feminist bar and it's funny when you sort of see the different people side by side <laughs> like there must come the with show. that um feminist bar a kind of sense of like smug satisfaction of watching these just lumbering dudes spill out of there at god knows where. <laughs> oh my god yeah and one time like, we were sitting outside the bar and then oh my god it was just like ugh, like fake for me face palm some people like it <laughs> but like they i think they were all wanking over the fact that they got this like sports car and they oh, got and like they like bought it over and i like, took it off the sort of rack and we're just like revving it and just like oh my guys it's literally a car i mean i'm not into cars so maybe if i was into cars i'd care but it was just so like macho, like, yeah, look at our car. It's like an extension of our penises. And then you have like this sort of like feminist bar and everyone's like, guys, come on. <laughs> you can't escape those guys. Literally. You can't escape those guys. I'm, I like going out more to events as opposed to clubs, actually. A lot, I don't know. There's definitely that sort of like, where do you go clubbing it? What it says about you. Mm. Um. And there's certain venues are like, oh, am I going to admit that I go to Watergate? <laughs> because, you know, Watergate is like the cheesy, like, sort of touristy place. But hey, I was a tourist once too. But yeah, where do I go? Um, it's a mixture. I've, I really like, I think Ohm is one of my favourite places that I've been to. Mm. Um, it's next to Trezor uh, in, like, Mitter. And it just has, like, this, it's really small. It's, not, it's kind of like the perfect size because if you fit it with 200 people, it feels amazing. Um... And it's just intimate enough, but also busy enough. And I've had some really fun nights out there. Back in the day when we could really fill out a room like that in, in you know, indoors, not just outdoor parties, I loved Ohm. And I always had like, so there were really cool nights that went on there. Um, I've had some great nights in Menchmeyer as well. Uh, Menchmeyer is like out by, it's like Storkauerstrasse. It's kind of like on the way to Lichtenberg, I say. And once again, just, it has a really cool mixture of like indoor and outdoor spaces. And just the kind of, for me, like, I'm not like a massive, massive techno head. I do actually like techno, but in terms of like going to like the straight techno parties, I haven't been to that many, but I do like the sort of mixture between like bassy, electronic-y, techno-y, um, sort of like in global sounds. And I think places like Menchmeyer, Ohm, we offer that. Gretchen, I love, I personally love Club Gretchen because the people who run it really to me, like just symbolize a real pure spirit of like Berlin, music club culture like why it feels like an institution as opposed to just sort of like people going out on a friday night they have a real like care for um an investment in like nightlife and not just nightlife but that sort of expressive culture and what it means for people 
and I think that it's a sort of venue where you're you can just stumble across some really cool bands as well. I like what I like about their venues, they have a lot of space for live acts as well. So I've seen like Coco, I've seen Niloxica, I've seen um, I mean back when Branco would do his like um Intrafada nights there as well. I had some really great nights there. So definitely Gretchen's like actually um a place that I really enjoy. Um, Oxy Club as well. It's a new. It's a recent club. It reopened up recently. They, it was Oxy Garden before in the summer, but I think they had some issues with um, noise complaints, unfortunately, and that kind of made me think, no, like the London like pandemic or fucking like noise complaints shutting down club. But um, yeah, so Oxy Club I think has a lot of potential, and I'm really excited to see what they're gonna do there because so far the lineups I've seen have been really, really cool. And I went to the venue, and it's got like the space is is nice. Like I definitely think that when we're back in the full flow of things. Hopefully next year, but at this point in 2028, um, it'll be very, very, very cool. Um, I could go, sorry, I could go on. I mean, kind of not a club, but in the summer, I love dancing on Temple Hofferfeld. I think is like, um, to people who don't know, it's like a, a disused um, air, airport. No, airport, what's the word? Airport, yeah. I, sometimes I forget English words. I'm actually, I need to move back to the UK for five months just to like. Trust me, you don't. <laughs> no, I'm all right, guys. I, I wasn't yeah. you from afar until lockdown here happened and you guys still out. But let's see what happens there. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but we're going to be in it later for longer. Trust me. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I can see it coming. Um, yeah, so Tempelhofer felt in the summer's just a really nice vibe. And for the last couple of years, there's been this sort of collective called Sonic Intervention to come to the field and just like do these live jams. And actually now they've moved to another space called Oyoyun, which is like a sort of community space, community centre. Um but it's just like really cool. Like the vibes are really nice when it's sunny. I love Berlin summers and you just sort of dance out on the field and, you know, it doesn't get dark till like 11 p.m. And after that, you know, the sun goes down, people are still dancing. And it just, it, Tempelhofer Feld in the summer is like one of those reasons, it reminds me, you know, of why I really enjoy being here and what I kind of like love about Berlin in the really wanky, cheesy way. But yeah. No, got you. That's great. Earlier you mentioned that or rather, at the start of that answer, you mentioned how there are a lot of events you like going to that aren't necessarily a typical club. Was Tempelhofer Feld what you were referring to? Or do you want to tell us about those as well? No, like, I mean, oh God, I can't. Now it's just like, I mean, there was trade back in the day that I would go to. Obviously, there's Cocktail Doing More, there's Lekken, there's Emergent Base. Um, there was Berries Berlin. Um, oh, there was another, this guy called Dominic runs this, yeah, Berries Berlin is like his sort of collective and he, there were just really cute, cute nights in like home. And just, and then obviously Freak the Freak, it's like the Afrobeats collective or Afro global club music collective that um, I really rate here because when I first moved to Berlin, they gave me a lot of opportunities. And they run a load of like, oh, that probably could have been the collectives bit, but anyway, they run a load of like really fun nights and they've done nights in Festival Kreuzberg. Um, yeah, like Prince Charles. So for me, I don't necessarily discriminate in terms of the venue. It's more like what's happened and where is it? And I know vinyl isn't for everybody, but if you are digging for records or suggesting a spot for that kind of thing, uh, where would you be bigging up? Oh my gosh. See, this is a hard one because I just say I don't really, um, I don't really dig in this terms of going to shops and stuff. Like I worked at a label called K7 and I actually really enjoyed a lot of their sort of... Um, their selection, they have this strut, which is kind of like, I guess, um, it's a, how do I say it? It's kind of like 
Italo disco, Afrobeat, funk kind of a lab- as a label. And they've got some really cool stuff on there. And actually, even though I worked there, I did actually enjoy just taking a load of the, the vinyls and I've got them at home now. But just to clarify, your advice for the budding young crate digger around Berlin is get a job at K7 and go into the store cupboard. Basically, go and get a job at K7, go into the store cupboard and take all their stuff. Oh, yeah, records, definitely. So, I know it's in... Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, records is in Mitter slash Prince Lauerberg. And it's just, like, a really cool... Um, it's, it's I think it's, like, the first record store that I went into when I first moved here. And I think it's pretty well known, so I don't know how, like called an underground I'm being right now a mixture of like hip hop like um, hip hop like afro how like afro beat funk disco like basically everything and it's like a loads of really cool records and I remember when I, I had this little like series that I was doing in London where I kind of was doing listening parties um, called shit what was it called I can't remember listening maybe um, and I remember going to um, Oya Records to try and find some vinyls to take back to the UK so that's definitely a place I say I go to and then also there's Hard Wax record store which is like it's in a really nice part of um sort of Kreuzberg Neukölln by the Paulinka Ufa and it's sort of like hidden away and you kind of go upstairs to this certain area and it just yes yeah, hard um hard wax is like a look like a nice selection of like vinyls and just music and it's just got a nice feel like for me I guess I'm not necessarily a massive like vinyl um digger I also go for places that have like a really nice feel about them um and I can just sort of like hang out with friends and stuff and in Berlin, where do you go to escape when lockdown permits? Okay, so when I go to where I go to escape, I like running off to the forests, actually. Um, I tend to like sort of go for a cycle and just like sit in the forest and just like try to... I mean, it's annoying because I guess like some of the forests are not as far away from the noises I want to be want them to be. So like you can also you can sometimes hear cars and stuff. But I usually put in my earplugs and just like go and literally sit in the forest and just just yeah, just like escape and run away. Um because I mean I guess maybe back in the UK I'd probably like go to libraries and stuff, but there aren't as many like libraries um that you just go and sit in, at least not like that I've experienced myself. Yeah. I say that or like even uh, sorry, go on. Just wondering if the forests that you like to get away from it all in are they fairly accessible from bedding by bike yeah, yeah. so Tergola Forest Tergol is um sort of up north and and it's not too far from where I live so it's like a maybe 40 minute cycle or like a you know 10 minute train journey to the end of the like U7 or U6 U7 um and yeah it's called Tergola Forest or Tergola Tergol Forest and then also on the other end, you've got Grunewald, which is like the probably more known, the better known one, but it's less accessible for me. And it's down by Charlottenburg. Cool. So I definitely like to escape out in nature. Um, my friend also has like a a lake house out, um, just kind of out in, yeah, sort of outside of Berlin. I mean, it's a private thing. Basically, like in the summer, especially, lakes are where it's sat in Berlin. But obviously the lakes inside the city tend to be quite busy and quite like, yeah, just public. So for me, I love going to like little lakes. My friend has a house um, by like this sort of lake that used to be like, it was carved out in the ice age and it's just like really idyllic. But definitely forests, I'd say. Like Tegel Forest, Grunewald Forest um, are really nice to just sort of run away to. And they're not too like out of the way that you feel like you're going to get murdered. That helps, I find. Yeah. Particularly when you're going there to relax. Yeah, definitely. You know, (laughs) you shout loud enough 
People might hear you. Yeah, that sounds like a safe bet. And there's water buffaloes at Tegel Forest. Wow. Really? Yeah, water buffaloes. Right. Wow, I mean, it's got so it's got two things going for it then. Yeah, it's like <laughs> not too murderous and there's water buffaloes. Perfect. What more could you want, right? Exactly. That's great. Thank you for that. That's brilliant. You're welcome. Um, and you obviously touched on this earlier when you mentioned Sonic Interventions, Berries, Kashmir Radio. But uh, let's talk about your favourite local cultural organisations, if there are any others that you would like to big up. Yeah, so I think definitely the radio stations to me have that real communal feel of like you just go and being able to hang out and like interact with people. So THF Radio, spelled THF. Um, it's a radio station that sort of was founded around uh, Tempelhof once again, the sort of Tempelhof Affeld. Um, and in the summer, once again, I just remember just hanging out and chilling with people there. And they have like really cool talks and just like live stream radio shows. And they just um, like on various occasions during the summer, there were different events and days like that were organised by the people who run the station. So I really enjoyed that. Cashmere Radio, obviously, is a radio station that I have a show with. Once again, they have like a... Re- Wait, I don't know if I can say this out. Mm. They have space for socialising. Wink, wink, commercial lunch. Um... And it's really, really cool. And has I think t- um, Kashmir has a real kind of like underground experimental feel, really authentic, just like people who actually really love um, the concept of like, I guess that community outreach through radio. So I really enjoy that. And also Savvy. Savvy Contemporary is this music, this little gallery space that is down the road. There's a lot of really cool stuff in Reading. And I guess maybe because I live in Reading, I'm more aware of stuff around here, but um, it's a sort of gallery space. And I guess the, the focus is sort of on like, Afro-African creativity and just sort of um, art, but it's not exclusively just that. But um, I really like the fact that there's sort of this gallery down the road and you can go and see exhibitions and they have events that they host every now and then. And also you can just drop in there and like use the library space um, and just go and chill and go and hang out. And it's open, I think, Thursdays to Sundays. Um, It's free, but you can obviously, you can offer a donation. And I think it's just a nice space to go and, yeah, just like, on a Sunday, if you've got nothing to do, like what's going on at Savory? And you go there and there's like a little cool exhibition um, or just you can just chill and listen to stuff and read stuff. So I do love um, the Savory space. Yeah, actually, yeah. So like, and Refuge, once again, is sort of like a, Refuge is a radio station, but also they have like a bar space there. Um, and it's just like opened up to sort of be a bit of a community space. So I think there's a lot of just sort of these community spaces, like even Temple Hofferfeld, um, and going to see like Sonic Interventions there, um, that had like a nice sort of community feel to it. And like it was kind of, yeah, this sort of cultural space for us. Or your union is another space, which once again, the feel is kind of, I say African arts and creativity centered, but not exclusively. So it was a sort of space that, you know, opens up to, I guess it's like um, global facing. So you'll kind of get expressions that aren't just like German, it's like, from the Middle East, from Africa, from, from you know, from Asia and stuff like that. So those are sorts of spaces that I guess I engage with. Amazing. That's perfect. Thank you very much. And Savri, is it quite uh, contemporary or has it been standing for a long time? Savri, I think, is relatively new, um, but it's been around for a few years, but I don't I don't think it's, like, been around since the 90s or 80s. I think it's been around, like, in the 2000s, but I can't... I, I could literally Google it right now, but I, off the top of my head, I don't think it's, like, really, really old. Um, also, even, like, um, Akud, like, Akud, which is a long-standing location um, and cultural space, um, and I've just... I've, done, I've personally done a lot of really cool things that I could. Last year, I was part of this sort of collective curational project called 
Sonic Interventions and we held a lot of our events there. And we had this like one day, for example, this um, composting dinner. So what we sort of like made a dinner together with a load of people who are part of this sort of like, we're looking into sustainability and food. And then we like made the food together and then we sort of like went through the cost- composting process with each other, with, amongst each other. And they also have like a community garden there. So that's a really nice space once that you can kind of drop in, hang out. And yeah. what I like about Berlin as well is it still has those spaces where you can sort of go and just hang out and you haven't got to necessarily buy something and just go and like chill in that space. That's such a good way of putting it. That's such an underrated thing as well. Super valuable. Um, I yeah. mean, particularly with everything that's been going on, I know that's such a kind of hackneyed take, but like there are so few of them in London that um, they um, like, sorely missed and sorely needed in so many places so it's wicked Definitely. to have somewhere where as you say one needn't buy anything in order to be involved yeah, you can just go and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah there are options to buy a drink but you haven't got to like find a fucking costa or like starbucks or yeah. something like that yeah 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 yeah. get kicked out if you're not buying anything sort of thing no okay amazing thank you very much for that and we may have touched on it at some point during this conversation already but where is your best kept secret okay so there's panka which is like a bar club area which i think is really nice it's not cool it's not sexy um it's not like on you know resident advisors list of upcoming spaces those are the ones we want to hear about don't worry yeah it is um it's somewhere kind of hidden it's quite hidden away as well behind um on what's the, i can't remember the name gerishstrasse mm. um and yeah it just has like a outdoor space like an indoor space but there's been some really sick events there there was a Nigga Nigga Fest um, party there a couple of weeks ago and it was insane. <laughs> I didn't make it, to be fair. But I was told it was. <laughs> I saw I saw content. Um, no, but like even the fact that that happened there and it was like a hot, you know, it went on like till like 9am the next morning. Things like that I think are really cool because I guess you don't necessarily associate that with like Panka. But I think Panka in Reading is a really nice spot. Um, and I guess, you know, there's all the spots like the Burkheims and the Trezors of the world and the kind of like, you know, uh, Grease Moodle, which I don't even think exists in the same way anymore. But I do think these sorts of spaces are cool because there's space like to explore and like find different um, different different groups of people. That's fantastic. And that's why we ask. We know about the Bur- the Burkheims and the, and the Trezors of the world, you know? All right. In that case, finally then, where is it overrated? Hmm... Do you know what? Do you know what? This is bad because I'm a history geek, right? So I do actually, I mean, I did history at uni and I do respect history and historical locations. But of my gut instinct, I will say that the Eastside Gallery was a bit anticlimactic when I first got there. So Eastside Gallery is like the Berlin Wall, but it's like the most famous part of the Berlin Wall, which is like by Warschauerstrasse. They're like, Schlesisches Tor, fucking hell. It's like, that is the hardest German word I've ever had to say. Just talk, like, who the hell came up with that word? Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it basically is the Berlin Wall. But I think for me, it's like, even if you don't know about history, you know about the Berlin Wall. And I remember when mm. I went there and I was like, Berlin Wall. And then I was like, oh, wait, is this it? <laughs> like, I was like, oh, is this the wall? Like, I guess it's just the wall, right? Um, so I guess for me, like, avert, like the sort of history behind it versus like the physical sensation of being in front of it, I guess that feels a bit overrated to me. Yeah. But this is not to remotely undermine like the sort of uh, immensity of like the history behind it and the fact that the city was like split in half for like three decades or something ridiculous like that. But I just guess like, I thought it would be probably a bit more ceremonial, mm. but it's not very ceremonial, but maybe that's also part of it. In the sense that they, have just left the wall exposed as it ever was. It's just a wall with graffiti on it. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, 
maybe maybe that serves to illustrate how close the two halves of the city were and yet how yeah. far because of the wall. And how like such an such a like an an immense part of history, like at least in German like modern history, um something that was so symbolic was actually quite simple. Exactly. Maybe, maybe I guess overrated is is a yeah, I guess it was more like the anticlimactic feeling that I had when yeah. I travelled to find it. Yeah. Um and I kind of all and then I cycle past it every day and it's like it literally is just a wall, but no, actually it's not behind it. Um you know, I don't want to be cliche and say like the Burkhans because I actually do like Burkhans and I think it's quite a special location institution um, in terms of what it is. So I, I will I'll respect it and not say it's overrated. Um, yeah, but I, in terms of like, I would say that was probably the first thing that came to my head when I thought about it, um, the Berlin Wall, but more just because, yeah, I guess it wasn't as symbolic or things like Checkpoint Charlie. Um, just all these like little remnants of like, Berlin's history, which I think just sort of are there and don't necessarily, um, yeah, the history isn't as exciting or isn't isn't displayed as exciting as it could be in my, like, grandiose London or UK opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I totally totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe, as as you say, maybe anticlimactic's a more appropriate word. Maybe anticlimactic, yeah. Yeah. Um, What other place overrated? Do you know what? I'm, I'm gonna say it. Okay, do you know what? P- it pisses me off, right? So there's this um place. It, there's this place called Gamuza Kebab, Mustafa's Gamuza Kebab. I don't know if you heard about it, nah. but it literally is like the best kebab in the world. And obviously, kebabs are actually made or like um, they come from Berlin. Like the, the Turkish community, I believe. Don't quote me on this, but they like actually made um, kebabs in Berlin. Um, and so it's this place and like, my God, like the queue is so long and it pisses me off because I think they do that on purpose because like there's literally a queue, like it's by Meringdam station near Club Gretchen. And like, you'll see the queue is literally all the way down the street. And it's like, oh, gamuza kebab, gamuza kebab. It's the original gamuza kebab. So gamuza is veg- are vegetables. Gamuza is vegetable in German. And so gamuza kebab is like a vegetable kebab. And I think they have a very special formula of like kebabs, but with like veg and potatoes or like chips. And don't get me wrong, the, the kebabs are good. They are good. But I think it's overrated. I think it's overhyped. And I think part of the hype machine is the fact that they work so freaking slowly that there's always a massive queue down the road. So that it makes you think that you're waiting for something really special when in fact it is just quite a nice kebab. And I think compared to, I don't eat kebabs in the UK. I don't eat kebabs in London. They're awful. But I do think kebabs in Berlin are actually good. And I'm like, is this actually something that's healthy? Because it's like a bit of meat or you can even have it vegan. Um, then there's like bread, veg, sauce, you know, what's so wrong with that? Uh, yeah. So, they sound a bit cursed by their own success, like when there's a queue that big for what is ultimately, albeit a very impressive one, still just a kebab. It's, it's a always going to feel overrated. It is, and it? I think I do actually think that is overrated. I do like the gamuza kebabs, but I refuse to wait for like half an hour outside for a kebab when there are some very good ones all over the place. In that case, that is everything. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed sort of like reflecting on my life in Berlin. That's good. That's good. Right. No, it was an absolute pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for giving us the time. 